At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey! Oh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Welcome to the Insecure. Oh my God. The podcast where we're absolutely sure, sure we, we don't, don't know, know everything. everything. We lost it. it there, but <laughs> we're good. I'm your host, Zach Nebraska Towers. <gasps> I'm Kelsey Dumpster Diving for Donuts Dara. Wow. I didn't know where you're going with that. It certainly wasn't dumpster diving, but I've been. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Oh, same. I grew up, um, you know, under under. You I did fine. are obsessed with hitting Stop buttons that it. you don't need to don't hit. Don't yell at me. We used to dumpster dive all the time. I'll really? never forget this summer where, oh, maybe it was like every summer, McDonald's had the Monopoly. Yes. And we would dumpster dive looking for <gasps> people because people wouldn't tear their tickets. And this is in the day and age of like free Big Mac, uh, uh, free McFlurry, free whatever. And so we would like literally find free meals oh that's actually fun and i bet you were doing it at an age where that was like a treasure hunt oh oh yes and it was like ten dollars for like a full meal can we do that as a can we do this now dumpster dive for mcdonald's stickers <laughs> i don't know if the stickers still give what they used to give they used to give free food yeah can like, someone comment below yeah, comment. I was waiting for them to respond. Um, hi Zach. Hi Kelsey. Um, so by the time this airs, we'll be back. We'll be back for my live show. Wild. We're uh, we're we're talking from we're talking from the future. Yes, from we are. the past about the future. The, the show was amazing. So good. I can't believe sold out. Standing room only. Can you believe New York City? The Gossip Girl wrote about it. She came. Insane. Philly the eagles were there <laughs> yes birds were all over the restaurant i was trying to think of any celebrities i know that live in philly um I, this will be my it, it was my first time in philly the city of brotherly law yes and I, it was great every every guy on the street tried to eat my ass can you believe though that they couldn't because you got food poisoning from your first <laughs> don't say that <laughs> sorry Oh my God. Yeah. And you couldn't even either because your yeast infection. <laughs> yeah, that's most likely. Smelled too much like bread and Ooh. you got attacked by seagulls. <laughs> what are seagulls doing in Philly? Isn't it a watery? Is there water by it? I'm going to sound real fucking dumb. We already know I don't know where Damn Philly it. is. Don't, don't Google, Google it. it. Um. Anyway, the live shows were amazing. We're we're gonna do them again because they did so well. Is what we're predicting. Yeah, we were asked to. Got we almost did a second show one of the nights. Yeah, but we're um, like Philly. We gotta go. Zach, what? Listen to me. This is important. Oh, Philly is very close to the water. Thank God. Thank God. Also pretty close to New York. <laughs> which is where I theorize. Don't say that. Like Philly you. also is. Christ. Um. This is very important. A what? few weeks ago, you told a story on the podcast. Oh my God, yes. About your mom and aunt getting robbed at gunpoint <laughs> once upon a time. And your aunt 
being like, we have more stuff in the apartments, yelled that at the robbers. And they're like, okay. And they went and robbed go. Okay, your so aunt's house. That and did not happen. Wait, what? That was fiction. That what? I, that I, she did suggest it, but my mom was like, and then my mom. <laughs> okay, wait. So this is an, first of all, this is an addendum to the story. You texted me a few weeks ago and you said, I need to tell you an update to the robbery story. And I wrote it down. I've forgotten about it until just now. Yes, so this is an update to yes. the story you told? Yes. Okay. Because I got it wrong. You lied. No. You're a liar. No. Got it. The aunt did say, we have more stuff in my apartment. Still insane. It's right up the street. Insane. And my mom, to cover, goes, <gasps> how about we just walk with you until you find someone else to rob <gasps> is that not the most psychotic thing you've ever heard i don't know if that's worse or better than <laughs> inviting them up into your house i think it my, mom i think it might be worse she mom, really threw whoever was next under society. the bus society imagine the next person they run into is a is a disabled orphan yeah she's like get him go go get yeah. him sick him get him get after him yeah i truly didn't know that the update was going to be better than the original story <laughs> i know I, kelsey i know my jaw was on the floor uh, also i i love the idea of your mom being like we'll walk with you until you find someone else to rob and then they do that and the person getting robbed is like it was a guy with a gun and two older white women no this is when they were like in their 20s oh, two teenage white women <laughs> robbing us no i think they just like ran the other way watch there be another thing i'm getting wrong wait so we still don't know if did they get robbed they at got, all? They got robbed of like the measly amount of money that they had on, on them. them on the street. Like we don't have anything. And then my aunt was like, "Come back to the apartment." My my sister's like, "No, it's still not worth it to you. How about we walk with you as long as it takes for you to find someone else to rob?" Do you think the robbers were like, "Yeah, all right, that sounds like a good idea." I mean. God damn it. Now I wish I knew for sure. But I think they did walk with them for a minute. I got to know what was said on that damn walk. It. Sorry, we're going to keep you get listeners uh, waiting. Who knew a one and a half minute story could turn into th a three-parter? All I know is I'm still going to cut up a TikTok of you telling the original story because it's too good not to. Is it a good story? Yes. Okay. It's an, it's a, you need to be telling that on stage. Oh, really? Zachary. Okay. It's the funniest thing you've ever said. I have okay. It was so a lie, but it was. I funny. started comedy um twelve years ago. <laughs> oh, I haven't written a new joke in about thirteen years. So there you go. That is a challenge I will accept. Free material. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, mom. Um, you know what we haven't done in a while? Talk taught me. I have a fun one. Yay! Hit us. This is. I might have even breached this before on the podcast but i don't care it's so good that i'm telling it again there's a creator named kyle prue who's hot as hell straight guy who does a series on things you can say to men to make them mad oh i love this which is it's so funny so i'm going to read you off some of my favorites hit, hit me these are things that tiktok taught me to say to men to make them mad to make them mad which famously men are not mad enough so if Let's, you can poke any of these beasts let's really give us another reason to fear men yeah um say this to a guy with a beard have you tried growing a beard <laughs> <laughs> and then if they say i have a beard you say yeah but like a real one 
um, you say this to a guy um, after like a shitty guy comes and hits on you, like, you know, just like a gross, creepy dude. Do you have a humiliation kink? <laughs> that would take a dumb guy so long to understand. He'd be like, oh, maybe. I could. Is that what you're into? Um, I liked this one. Call a really tall guy average type. <laughs> Great. I, there's a joke I do on stage right now where I talk about dating a guy who's 6'5 and like ask a guy who's tall but not that tall how tall he is. And he's like 6'2. And I'm like, 6'2, we love a short king. Exactly. It goes over the audience. Ah! Yeah. Like I, there's nothing a tall guy. I've I've come across two types of tall guys. One that's embarrassed to be so tall. Yeah. That's like, yes, I, I played no. basketball in high school. Yes, I'm tall. This is how tall I am. And another guy who's like so fucking proud. Like walks around with his third leg out. Sure. Just like I'm tall. Not all tall guys have big dicks. A true. A guy I hooked up with in college, he was like a, a master's student, and I was like a dumb sophomore. But he had such a small wee-wee that mm. I topped him. I'm finding I'm hearing a lot of these top stories and I still don't believe them. Maybe I'm a top. I wish we had a. Oh, wait, we do, don't we? You would never be able to find it. There it is. Um, Say this when a guy is talking shit about his ex or like talking shit about a girl in general. Say, damn, she sounds really cool. <laughs> or you go, like, damn, legend. Like, wow. I don't know why, even if it's a guy friend, if, if he starts talking shit about any kind of woman ever, I'm like, well, don't say that. Yeah. I just make him feel bad instantly. There was a gay guy um, in the Delta Lounge. Uh, Bragging. He and his, I know. I love being a lounge boy. Um, but he and his partner were next, sitting next to me. And he was like, he said something horrible <gasps> along the lines of like, yeah, it was fun. It was kind of annoying because some of the really ugly guys were like trying to like dance with me and my friends. And I'm like, ew, you're a bitch. Ew. And he's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, no, you're like, a, that's a cunty thing to was say. Was he hot though? Yeah, he was pretty hot. That makes it worse because it's like, if you are actually hot and you say that, that means you're a bad person. But if you say that and you're kind of ugly yourself, you're just a Lulu. Yeah, if he was ugly, I would have had to be like, babe, babe. No. You were dancing with your friends. <laughs> it was a mirror. It you was were you. Above. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this one's good. Just say this to any man. Are you being mean because it makes you feel important? That's like, um, that's along the lines of, what did you hope to achieve by saying that, that? Yeah. out loud? Um, these are my two absolute favorites. Okay. They're a little niche, but I love it. Right. Um, this is a guy, this is something you say to a guy, whoever, <laughs> whoever you're talking to, if he tells you he's a cop. You say, at a mall? <laughs> Just give them the once over, up and down. At like a carnival? Yeah, like a, like a security guard at a mall? I see. I'm not trying to get shot today. Yeah, no, that's ballsy. You got to be a so white ballsy. woman to say that. Um, and this is my absolute favorite is when you know a guy is either like catcalling you or is coming up to you to like spit some game and you're absolutely fucking not interested or you have your headphones on and they're still not getting the hint. You take your headphone off and you say, sorry, I don't have any change. change. Yep. That's, ah! that's brilliant. My favorite. That's brilliant. Sorry, I don't have any change. Even I'm going to do that just if anyone approaches me just to see how they react as a social experiment. Or you should be like, uh, I think I have a dollar here. Hold on. 
and literally give them a dollar. I think it works especially if you're wearing headphones because that yeah. is just a common society rule. We just don't bother women that have headphones on. Or anyone. Or any, but especially women. But it, especially me too. Okay, fine. You're included People in that. People talk to me when I have headphones and I'm like, what do you Your life is so hard. I don't want to. Do you ever entertain people that are hitting on you that you would never ever date or go out with yes why because sometimes i think it takes a lot of bravery to hit on someone oh okay i thought you meant you were being brave by talking to them <laughs> <laughs> i walk through the fear of receiving compliments by from a stranger no i like um i'll shut it down or i'll let them know i'm not interested but like hats off to and this is interesting because huh. I don't think gay guys are going up to other gay guys willy-nilly hitting on them. Oh. I think we are much more timid about it. What? Yeah. Oh, because you don't ever want that confusion of like, are they trying to be my friend or are they trying to fuck me? I don't know what it is, honestly. Or maybe I'm completely wrong and guys are getting hit on left and right. You're, this is you trying to justify not getting hit on. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, like, and I, I don't, really. Me like, neither. Yes. I don't. No, I don't. Really? I really don't. Like... I wish it was more. And people tell me, they'll be like, it's because you're so intimidating. I'm like, my imposter syndrome says it's because I'm ugly. Oh my I God, you're not ugly. I'm I the can, Lulu. I would tell you you were ugly. That's something a person who wouldn't tell someone that would say to somebody. <laughs> you were the farthest thing from ugly. Well. Okay, the second farthest yeah, thing from ugly. Yeah, I was going to say maybe top two million. You know, if we're talking about general pop, general you're pop in like the top, if there's a top 1% who have all, has all the money, oh you're like in the top 2%. Okay. That I, now I'm just fishing. Um, I feel like I also recommend like, even if so, someone you would never in a million trillion years hits on you, it's good practice. Yeah. Like it's good social anxiety practice. It's good. Like, I think if someone approaches you that you're not interested in, we immediately kind of like, Ugh. We, we were like, how do we get rid of this so fast? But I think it's okay to actually practice. This is going to sound so privileged. It's good to practice rejection. Sure. Because it can be a Rejecting kind, other people. Yeah. Like it <laughs> That's can, a fucked up thing yeah. to say. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like letting someone down gently, like being kind about it. Because I think as a woman, my instinct whenever, like I'll never forget a guy. I was being nice to him. I wasn't interested. I was waiting for an Uber. He was waiting for an Uber outside this bar. And mm -hmm. he was like, can I have your number? And I said, oh, no, thanks. And he was like, well, why not? I was like, oh, because oh. I don't want to. And he's like, yeah, but why? I was like, oh, I'm just not interested. And then he's like, well, that like he How was. How would you know you're not interested? Perplexed. And I was like, I just don't want to give you my number. It guys, it's as simple as that. Yeah. When you get the no, take the L. The hottest thing a guy could do is if he gets rejected. Like if you ask for my number and I'm like, no, thank you. The hottest fucking thing ever a guy could do is say thank you for respecting your boundaries thank you for taking care of yourself oh wow that's uh that's hot and then do you chase him down the street i'm like you know what actually fuck my boundaries yeah you're like that would get that might actually get me to change my mind you know what okay so people a couple people have done this to me recently and i don't like it and mm -hmm. i haven't quite navigated it mm -hmm. when they go talk 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 here What's your Instagram? Let's follow each other. I hate it. I haven't gotten let's follow each other, but I have had guys ask me for my Instagram now, which I do like that they think that that is like safer. Because oh, yeah, I'll give my Instagram out willy nilly. I'm saying these people 
in a society, a societal pressure sort of way, like put me in a situation where I have no reason to be like following no. you. Yeah. I had a guy do that on a plane once and I was like, oh, the service is bad. And he's like, oh, you can do it on your computer. Cause he saw I had bought internet. That's insane. Yeah. And guess it's... what? Never, never talked to him in my life. Sure. I often like if it's happened that I they do get me to follow them because it's like this happened to me at the beginning of the cruise like day one mm. and they were kind of connected to the entertainer group so I was mm. like fuck I can't like we're sitting here I'm not doing anything like mm. there's no reason and I just unfollowed them like two days later nice while you were still on the cruise yeah. that's ballsy because now that's the type of person that'll come up to you and say hey why'd you unfollow me yeah I go I don't want to follow you my biggest fear is that I have no idea who I'm following. I generally never look at it. I don't think about it. I'm afraid I'm following like a fucking red pill or some shit or like Probably. someone that's been canceled. Statistically, and you should go through and, and do a purge. That I don't want to. Really? I just, that sounds so boring to my life. Really? Waste of time. Oh, chaos. I forgot. Chaos. I love chaos. But I, I have had fans DM me being like, why are you still following both of them? And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot he like ate the bones of a person. Whoops, forgot to unfold. Well, what was the person doing with the bones? Nothing. It was Army Hammer, I guess. Oh. Yeah, but I, I feel like that was weird when people were like DMing me, reminding me to unfollow someone. I was like, ah, thanks, but also shut up. Yeah, shut, how much time do you have? I don't fuck, why are you looking at the people I follow? That's so weird. Now everyone's going to go to like, <laughs> they just look at mutuals. Yeah. I mean, but now if you're going to do that for me, do, do let me know if I'm doing anything problematic. Do let me know. This is an invitation. I love going through and like unfollowing people. I'm like, who is this even? Oh, that's what has that been happening to you a lot lately on your IG. It's been shaking up my algorithm where it's showing me stories of people that I didn't even realize I was following. I'm like, who is this? I don't watch stories a ton. Do you, do you scroll through pictures? Not really. I like check my notifications and I, my yeah, house? I scroll through, I scroll through the main feed. Dude, I, I stay watching stories. Really? It's like free entertainment, free TV. Oh, maybe I should start. Try and influence me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, but that's not, this episode isn't about us feeling confident as we so clearly feel this part of the podcast. It's about us feeling insecure. It's about us feeling confidently insecure, AKA pasty syndrome. Mmm, pasta, you hungry? Olive Garden. We'll be right back after this. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, 
hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. That was so crazy. And you locked eyes with me too. You're like, pass the house. We'll be right back after this. I got hungry. I'm sorry. Um, This week, we are talking about imposter syndrome. And as I was doing the research on this, I was like, have I done an episode on imposter syndrome before we linked up? And my answer is, that's how deep this imposter syndrome goes, is that I haven't fixed it. I haven't changed. I bet you've gotten better. I'd like to think I've grown as a person, but... You must have. You moved through the world with such confidence. Oh, thank you. From my perspective. See, it would just hurt for me to accept that as a compliment because I don't believe it to be true because of my imposter syndrome. Anyway... Whatever brings you joy, Kelsey. (laughs) Imposter syndrome is a psychological phenomenon where individuals doubt their achievements, feel like frauds, and fear... This is the big one for me. It's the fear of being exposed as an incompetent... Uh, as incompetent despite evidence of their confidence. So I have this anxious, constant fear of being exposed as like not really having like the numbers or data to back up what I'm saying or selling or pitching or like with sh- with documentaries. Like I don't actually know what I'm talking about, even though I just made a fucking documentary about it. Like, I am just afraid. And I think it probably has to do with living through cancel culture. Like you remember a time before cancel culture existed. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that was crazy. Yeah. Anyway, Uh moving on about my life. Yep. But now there's like, do you have, does that resonate with you with imposter syndrome? Yes. Oh, mine is a, well, do you have like a definition that you're going to give of it? That was it. Oh, (laughs) oh, sorry. Yeah. It was psychological phenomenon. so thorough and good. Um, I have it all the time. I have it with, promoting my live shows because i'm like why should people come see me do like dick jokes like am i even that funny that the world needs more dick jokes i I agree and then um literally as as recent as this past thursday or two thursdays ago tell us i did my first live uh version of after hours my sex podcast yeah and um there was like a on production. Netflix radio, by the way, which just go to That's show you so why funny there's too. no imposter It's on Sirius it. XM on Netflix radio. This like production company had like 12 people running around setting up a three camera setup and um, producers, producers, props, all these things, sound cues. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm not like, I'm not deserving of this. Yeah, I'm like, this Wild. is not, me- th- this is crazy. Wow. But like, I have to just be like, no, it's real, but it's so hard. You're also too, like, you've been doing this for so long, but I, even just as your friend, have seen you grow exponentially in terms of like opening for bigger theaters, touring with bigger comics. Like you're also like, you haven't peaked yet. Yeah. Which is the crazy part is like, I feel like I've peaked with living through the BuzzFeed time. Like I was a part of this golden era of something where like, I would go anywhere and probably get recognized. And I think when I became friends with you about that time was when it was happening less and less. Sure. And like now I can go through the airport without getting recognized. I can go through to Disney World. It doesn't matter. And like there was something about like 
just recognizing that I had lived through something and now maybe anything I do now isn't as important. Interesting. Right. Well, that's a real thunderstorm of like, of circumstances because it was like you were younger mm -hmm. you were newer prettier all i mean just like all the things it was yeah. your first big thing yes it felt big and so i have a different form of imposter syndrome that like maybe i have peaked and i think yours is like you don't feel deserving yet of the success that you so clearly deserve that's sweet and interesting I also do things where with compare and despair with oh, like yeah. Taylor Tomlinson, a good friend, just turned 30, is about to mm. film her third hour special for Netflix mm -hmm. and is a host of a late night show. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm 38. And I. But it doesn't give you solace to be like, this person has picked me to like, oh, yeah. Travel and open for no, her. And like, totally. Yeah. And it, it does. It's. But it's just it's you still a, can't help. Yeah, but it's just like I think about it. You still have to do step one first, which is compare and despair. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. why haven't I done an album? I must not. I must not have much to say. Like I wow. must not be. Which is so crazy. But I also wonder if this happens in other industries, like in a different way, right? Like our industry is made for rejection, for getting you to quit, for not succeeding. And so like a part of me wonders if, not that other people don't get it in their jobs, of course we all do, but to a different degree. Like maybe it only happens once a year for them during their big pitch project sure. or their big promotion or their yearly review or something. But like, I think we feel it on a daily basis. Cause we're like, I thought this was good, but yeah. no one engaged. Like I yeah. thought this was great, but they said no. And like the data we have to go up against now too, where it's like, you can publicly see numbers, you know what people make per following, per virality. Like you have these standards of Metrics, yourself yeah. that are just so like, do you remember when getting a thousand views was a huge deal? It was like, oh my God, what? I have this too now with like, I used to need a post on Instagram to get a hundred likes. Wow. And now I'm like, if it does not break a thousand quickly, I'm trashing I'm it. I'm trash. And that's where it goes. Like, that's what this article talks about with imposter syndrome that like, when you have it, no matter how successful you get, it doesn't go away. It, the problems just become different. It morphs. Yeah. It just morphs. And so it's about like, biting it so obviously we'll get there to talk about it but i found some interesting statistics that for millennials that we are often more prone to imposter syndrome due to factors like increased academic pressure heightened competition in the job market and the constant comparison of culture amplified by social media so and this is going to sound like <laughs> kind of silly to say it but like imagine in our parents era right women weren't really expected to succeed much. They were like, you stay at home, you take care of the kids, you got food on the table, done. Good woman. Men, like men go to war, they bring home the bacon. Like they're, but, but also like they were promised the world, especially white men, Caucasian dudes were like, the world is your oyster, Wolf of Wall Street, get out there, take names of fucking build your empire. And now it's like, I think we have more empathy we have also a lot more um, visibility into other people's lives. Like it, it almost wasn't our fault. <laughs> yeah, nothing's our fault. Yeah, that's a millennial. We're millennials. Millennial pause. Avocado toast. Um, not to like 
further myself even more into that but the gender aspect of imposter syndrome is uh more with women deeply female yeah they tend to experience imposter syndrome more frequently than men and cultural norms and societal expectations can contribute to this with women often facing higher scrutiny and self-doubt in professional settings and there's like hundreds of studies on this in the actual workforce for sure about like the pay gap right like why do we offer women less money for the same job Still. a man does yeah so it's like imposter syndrome almost is a little gaslighty yeah because it also is like, real no 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 like i'm not as good as i think i am <laughs> because like literally you guys pay me less <laughs> not funny but not funny, funny but sad yeah. and true um Notable figures like Maya Angelou, Emma Watson, and Tina Fey have publicly admitted to grappling with imposter syndrome despite their remarkable That's successes. Wild. Tina Fey. Which just goes to show you that like imposter syndrome also doesn't discriminate. Like no matter how successful Wait, you are. are the, all three of those people in the arts? What, what were yeah. the three names? Maya Angelou. Tina Fey. Emma Watson. Emma Watson crazy what? so i think it is kind of it like a heavily awful. artist thing and again like i said i think that's the nature of our industry being... sure you have to really believe in yourself Duh. delulu and you, yeah you have to detach from the like count or the yeah. view count um also it has obviously an impact on mental health it can uh, lead to increased levels of anxiety depression and stress and there was a study done that found that around 70 percent of people in general in this world experience imposter syndrome at some point in their lives wow what's up with that 30 percent? but all okay you've met the 30 percent, and they're fucking eerie and annoying because <laughs> i'm like where are you getting this confidence from true they're delusional oh my god yeah. it's i think of an open mic where Ooh. it's like all people just confidently saying these horrible takes on everything and i'm like you think people want to listen to this, huh? Yeah, and like, how did it take me so much energy to come do this? <laughs> and you were just like chomping at the bit. That's literally where the other 30% are at. Open, Open mics. mics. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we know that it's not great, but we all experience it. We just talked about it in our personal lives. Um, so there has to be strategies for overcoming imposter syndrome, right? So some of the obvious ideas but like we hear it but don't necessarily ever like take time to actually do it is practicing self-compassion hmm. so for me what does that look like it's i literally have on the other side of this pillow you can't see it i have a thing called a dope jar which is hmm. i write down anytime something dope happens in my life no matter how big or small fold it up put it in there and whenever i'm having a day one of those fucking imposter syndrome days i go in there those. yeah and yesterday like i was feeling a type of way and the athlete was like "Ooh, pull one of these and it said i'm on a motherfucking tv show bitch and i forgot that like all the time crazy we were on two seasons of a television show together little me oh would i know not like, even believe yeah it's wild so Obviously, practicing self-compassion too, like knowing that you are often up against a society that's not rooting for your equality, especially if you're queer, especially if you're a POC, especially if you're not of 
wealth or generational sure. success. I have the opposite of that jar. I have a God box and it's what? Just Don't idea, laugh at my God. What is a God box? You write down things that you'd like to give to God to, to, uh, to take care of. See, my God box is just, it has cocaine in it. Nice. Yeah, I, I take it and I become like God. There's also a lot of solutions in cocaine. <laughs> put that on a t-shirt yeah um another way to overcome imposter syndrome which is, is not something i thought about but i love this idea is to get a mentor mm. like having a mentor like someone you genuinely look up to tell you like you're crushing it that you're on the right track or even is that's just taking time out of their crazy life to help you means something it's validating like they wouldn't be wasting their time and saying yes okay i'll mentor you if they thought you were useless right you're anchored to reality in that way exactly um another one is obviously set achievable goals so i think in our generation we often are like practice manifesting you like, can have anything visualize and sometimes that that's just necessary for some seasons not maybe the way for all but detrimental when like things don't happen or yeah i mean i i have a friend who believes like manifesting is actually very like victim blaming in a way where it's like you manifested this life like the problems oh. you face the inequality the yeah that's not quite true things that happen to you i do think that a lot of your life is a summation of your decisions Oh, well, isn't that life? Yeah. Yeah. But like manifesting to me is part of that where it's like, I accept like this is my life. Yeah. And like when you're manifesting, you also have to be like acting as if you are the thing that you are manifesting. That, yeah. Like so I, that's where decisions start to come yeah, into play. Yeah. And uh, there's also the, I lost my place. Um, the idea on uh, setting achievable goals is mm -hmm. also um, trying to learn to focus on learning rather than perfection. So shifting the mindset from seeking perfection to valuing being someone who genuinely loves to learn. And I grow. take that as the ever ongoing thing that I'm trying to do is just be in love with the process yes as a creator yeah not the, the outcome. outcome and that's like that's so great at setting it in the present because if we're staying achieve like goal based achievements like if that's all we're measuring our life to you're never gonna have it no. you're never gonna find success within no. yourself you're never gonna have that happiness it's just like if you're a writer this is in a book or something it's like the day you finish one story, you should start writing yes. the next story. Yes. Don't like dawdle in the like, wow. I, I did it. Like, yeah. oh, finally, now it's like, ah, oh, you yeah. know, it's like, cause that's not where it is. And that's when you also like end it too. If, if you feel like, well, I did the one thing I set out to yeah. do. Um, I also like the idea of falling in love with being a beginner at something because how often do you get to actually just be an absolute not like new totally beginner at something i've heard you should stay at the beginner's table ah yeah so like be around people who are also yeah who are beginners and yeah. like see how because okay it's like that thing where 
someone who's like really good at guitar might start getting imposter imposter syndrome, but like someone who's just learning is like boldly bad, you know, like they just like go for it because they, of course they do. Like, yeah. Then when you mess up, when you're better, you feel bad about yourself. You're like, no, just like be be bad. Yeah. I have a cute anecdote. And this was something I liked that the athlete pointed out in me. He planned a cute little date for us where he went and did pottery for the first time, like spinning it, Uh yawning right in my face. Um, Heterosexual love. Ah! Be careful with that, throwing that word around. Um, Heterosexual. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So we were in a class and there was like 10 people. And have you ever done pottery? Like on a spinning wheel? On like a- It's hard. Dog, it's hard. And they walk you, you, you're watching this chick do it, show you example, and you're like, all right, I know how to make a fucking circle. I'm going to be okay. And then you're like, oh shit. When I tell you, this woman, the first thing she says is she's like, you, you pat the clay and then you throw it as hard as you can down onto the, the wheel. And I threw it so hard that like the teacher went like, whoa. That one, like, geez, my shit splatted, like almost <laughs> went completely leveled. You made a plate. Yeah. And then I, I was trying to push it together and everyone's starting their wheels and everyone's starting to get their shape and shit. And the athlete looks over at me and he's like, I looked over at you and I have never seen you look so frustrated and defeated. Like you were like, and I, he's like, I started to get like worried, worried. that you were going to be like, fuck this. This is stupid. Da, 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 da. And he's like, but then you like where you looked so joyous like you looked so silly and you were like what is why does this fucking shit what is wrong with mine like why can't i get this and like he's like i love that part about you being just like i don't know i can't do this like i felt like an i i owned it you know like i owned the imposter syndrome and that was like another thing i remember hearing um in taking acting classes was like when you go into auditions we go in naturally just like fear based of like, oh my God, go in like they are desperately yeah, hoping they you're want the one you to be it. You're do, uh, doing a show for them and they are lucky to see it and they desperately want you to be the one. Because we do go in thinking it's them against us. Yes. And so like just these little mindset shifts I've learned to be like. So, okay, how can we, how can we apply this to our own lives? We just with, be silly. How can we actually apply this to our own lives with, obviously, Zach and I are feeling big imposter syndrome with our live show that already happened. Yes, but and was so good. Hasn't actually happened yet. Um, and we're feeling like a little bit of imposter syndrome with the amount of tickets we haven't been able to sell. So for me, like my first thing is like the fact that we were even asked to do a tour at all incredible yeah the fact that we even have a podcast that people listen to yeah how lucky are we so lucky also there are outside factors that we didn't have control over like the price the theater size yeah um which yeah feels like it's it like not to uh shift blame like (laughs) that's not on us it's not our fault it was the contract we were offered yeah and And we're not gonna say no yeah, we didn't know. And it's a learning experience. Like, I agree. I, instead of going like, fuck, we can't do this again. We can't sell out a 300 something person theater. I go, next time we're going to do 100 people theater. Yeah. And it'll be half the, as much money. Yep. But we'll make it worth it. Could Maybe we'll do three cities back to back. Yeah. So you know what? I think we did good there. I think we did great. I think we're healed from our imposter syndrome i feel better what do you have imposter syndrome about leave a comment below and also tell us what helps you get over that imposter syndrome 
Guys. That's fucking it. I don't have anything to promote now that we've done our live show. Do you have anything? Um, I have another live version of After Hours. Oh, yes. March 5th yes. at the Hollywood Improv Lab. And then May 2nd at Dynasty Typewriter. Ooh, I'm going to that one. Yes, I am so excited. Um, That's it for this week. Confidants, rate us. That'll help our imposter syndrome. Yeah, rate and leave a review. But only if you're going to give it five stars. Because if you're not going to give it five stars, don't rate it at all. Because we, we are, are sensitive. sensitive. And until next week, confidants, fucking... Fucking go out there. Yeah, fucking go out there. Go out there and fucking wave your dick around. Yes. You have the confidence of a straight white guy. Yes. Bye. Bye.